Blog Talk Radio. Members of the front office of Las Vegas to meet with superstar free agent Bryce Harper. How did the meeting go down and how should Matt Klintak handle the Harpato dilemma? Breaking down the absurd Aaron Nola arbitration issue and do the Phillies have plans for a new big three? All this and more on the third episode of FanCast. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought that ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was rainy. Jackson on these I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M, yeah, that's my team. Rose is catching on Lieutenant. I'm the tight cannon, casting grind like I'm broke. Hello, and welcome to FanCast. This is our third episode as part of the Baseball Podcast Network. Loaded episode for you today. A bunch of news for the Phillies this offseason. Feel free to call in with all of your thoughts at 845 277. 9345. And as this offseason moves along, we are getting closer to spring training. If you're trying to head down and find cheap tickets all season long, check out Stub Yard and use the code BPN10. Get 10% off all deals. That is BPN10 on Stub Yard. Isaac, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How about you, Coy? I'm excited to talk about all the new Phillies reports and possibility of a big. I'm doing great. Probably a lot better than all our Eagles fans out there who had to come off a rough game Sunday, but all Philly fans are week and month could get a lot better. The Phillies headed down to Las Vegas last Saturday to meet with Bryce Harper. It was a five hour meeting and it seemed to go pretty well. Here's what Matt Klentak and John Milton had to say after the Harper meeting. John Middleton and general manager Matt Klintak on the meeting. And I don't know about you, but listen to that. I'm not sure Harper's the only one he wants to bring in. He seems to also love Harper's wife, Kayla, quite a bit. And how do you feel about the overall situation and how that meeting went? Well, I, it seems to have gone well. I believe what John Middleton was trying to say is that Harper is not only a generational talent, he's a generational human. Uh, he'll elevate the city, improve team chemistry. Well, obviously raise the expectations, but he should live up to them. Harper, Harper is the elite superstar that Philly has really been salivating for. Uh, I truly believe he'll make the Phillies a dynasty with the championships, you know, uh, with the core of Nola, Hoskins, Harper, and possibly more free agents. I think a dynasty could be built around Bryce Harper. And it seems that John Middleton and management seems to see that kind of player and his personality really was shown in that five-hour meeting in Las Vegas. I feel very encouraged by the after interviews by John Middleton and by Klintak. How did you feel about the interviews when you first saw them, Corey? Well, the meeting did reportedly last five hours long. It featured two video presentations by a group that included John Middleton, Matt Klintak, and manager Gabe Kapler, along with a few others. 
they met with Harper, Kayla, and Harper's notorious agent, Scott Boris. And it sounded like both sides left reportedly very impressed enough to move the Phillies who have reportedly preferred Machado all offseason more onto the Harper wagon, which could be, I think, the best move for the team. Harper is the superstar that Philly desperately needs, the player to build around. He's a great talent, fits in perfectly in that outfield, in this city and in that stadium specifically. And moving on from Machado, who has had his um, attitude issues for a player who's all in, seemed to be very interested in our team and our chemistry we have, good friend of superstar Reese Hoskins. It just seems like going all in on Harper as opposed to Manny Machado is the perfect move for the Phillies. And it's great that this meeting really slid Klintak and Middleton in that direction. Agreed, agreed. The direction of Harper rather than Machado, I think it actually is a rather different direction because I think Harper imposes more of a glamorous superstar feel, whereas Machado, yes, the team would be much better, but you'd have more of a gel, maybe more family-type feel to the team, whereas Harper, he's going to attract the big lights, the big stage. You're going to get more national attention, nationally televised games. Reese Hoskins gets that but gets better pitches. Uh, Lefty-righty duo of Harper and Hoskins could potentially be lethal to pitchers all across the league. I believe Bryce Harper is the best choice for Philadelphia to become a big market team once again. Um, Manny Machado, as I said, is a generational player, but Bryce Harper is truly the better fit for Philadelphia. It was reported that this offseason that while Bryce Harper was the fan choice coming into this meeting, Manny Machado had been what was preferred by the front office. A lot of guys knowing him from both their times in Baltimore, they loved his of being a great hitter and a great fielder. And you remember what feels like months and months ago, Manny Machado came in, visited Citizens Bank Park. It was a four-hour meeting. They took him out to dinner later. And he seemed wooed. He loved seemed to like the fans there. He was greeted by a Philly electrician. But then everything we had heard was that the Phillies were going in on Machado, that Harper was more of a fallback plan if they missed out, and Machado went to the Yankees, which now seems very unlikely. But this meeting did definitely push them towards Bryce Harper, who, I don't know if you disagree with this, but he is the ultimate superstar in baseball, whereas Mike Trout is the best player. Bryce is definitely the most recognizable and you saw what he did back at the Home Run Derby last season, put on a true show, a great plaza for all the fans of baseball to come in and watch him just do his thing and bring him into Philly would bring a certain electricity that it really hasn't had since that World Series team. Agreed, agreed. As we both said, uh, Bryce Harper attracts the big lights, puts on a big show every time he's up at the plate. Uh, from his violent swing to his hair flips, he certainly attracts people of all kinds. People recognize him, as you said, even though he might not be a, t- a top three player, Bryce Harper, he is most certainly recognizable. Um, he certainly would be enticing to the fans. We tell you a lot of jerseys will be sold, and a lot of season tickets would be sold if Bryce Harper would be signed. Definitely will. I saw something on Twitter. Great question. What jersey of Harper would you want to purchase? A lot of great options, but 
when you pay for Harper, you're not just paying for what he'll bring you on the field and his play. He makes Philly a more attractive um, destination for future free agents. He makes brings a more equity to the Phillies program by with all the jerseys and tickets having this star player. So now it's not sure if the Phillies didn't make him an offer, but if they haven't yet, or even if they have, what do you think that could look like? You see many people see the Phillies offering him a 10 year around 340 to $360 million deal. I see the financial part of this taking a few more weeks and I'll tell you why. I believe I believe this deal could be stretched to 11 years. Um, I say this because Bryce Harper is 26 years old right now, and he will be 37 at the end of a proposed 11-year deal. 37, you can still have a lot of productive time. He'll have a productive season at age 37, the path that Bryce Harper is headed on. And if you do sign the 11-year deal, you are truly, truly expressing how much you believe in him. Um, the Nationals were said to have offered him a 10-year, $300 million deal, recently updated to a oh, much more than $300 million deal, according to Jim Bowden. The Phillies, I believe, should make Bryce Harper an offer of 11 years, $370, $375 million. Somewhere in that range, I believe, will get the job done. Harper will come to Philly and... We will retake the crown of the NL East, hopefully. Yeah, I don't have a problem. If it came out right now that the Phillies signed him for 12 years at $400 million, I wouldn't blink an eye. I think that would be a great deal. And there's a lot of people who are hesitant on how many years you're willing to go and how you could dent the future team. This is a team that hasn't been to the postseason in seven years. They desperately need to get back into the limelight of Major League Baseball. And it's not realistic to be a great team forever unless you're a team like the Yankees. There's no saying that if the Phillies miss on him, that 12 years from now they'll be a playoff team and World Series contender. Bringing him right now as he is about to enter his prime makes them immediate NL contenders to get to the World Series with a few more pieces. Bringing him in now, and even if you want to front load that money of the 400 mil, bring it in right now, there's no risk. It's all reward. He'd be a great player. Nothing but positives that he could bring to this franchise. Um, agreed, agreed. And we have our first caller today, uh, Luke from South Jersey. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. How are you, Luke? Good. Um, I saw today that uh, that um, I forget who put it out. That uh, I think uh, Bob Nightingale said that uh, the Phillies. Uh, would love to have Harper, Crimble, and Keuchel. And my question is, how much money do you think that, like, they'll be willing to go for, for like, Crimble? Like, how much money do you think they're going to pay him? Again? Um, I see the Phillies going around 16 to 17 AAV. Um, the reason I say this is because right now, as of now, the highest-paid reliever that has been signed in the market is $13 million a year at Zach Britton going to the Yankees, three years, $39 million. Um, Craig, Kimble, Craig Kimbrell supposedly wanted a $100 million deal earlier this offseason for six years. That obviously is not going to happen. Uh, the market will probably funnel back to the Phillies and maybe even the Red Sox. 
I see a three-year deal at around $17 million AAV happening if a deal is to be done. Uh-huh. And uh, my second question is, as of right now, like with all these reports, uh, who is more likely, Manny Machado or Bryce Harper? Well, the main deal Manny has gotten is eight years, 250 from the Chicago White And from a Phillies perspective, that is definitely outdoable, where they could easily outbid the White Sox. However, after this meeting, it definitely seems like the Phillies are willing to let Manny go off to Chicago and put all their chips in on Bryce Harper. So I would expect uh-huh. Bryce Harper to be a much more likely option than Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that aggressive offer from Manny Machado is still on the table, like I know I, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, do, I, do you think that Manny would actually take less money to go to the White Sox? Like, because I know that like Manny has like a really big ego, and I know he's like really into himself, and like he wants, he's kind of an arrogant guy. I mean, both of these guys are really arrogant, but I mean, he's a better third baseman. But like he'd rather, you know, just for the sake of doing it, he wants to be a shortstop. So I think that he obviously would like to play shortstop more. So do you think he would take less money to go to the Chicago White Sox where he feels really comfortable because he's with his brother-in-law and his good friend John Jay? But it's only for one year. That's the thing I don't get. Like these people are acting like like wow, he's gonna. You know, go to the White Sox for you know to be with his good old friends, but like he's only going to be there for one year, and you know obviously he's going to be able to play shortstop there. So do you think he takes less money to go to Chicago White Sox if that aggressive offer is still on the table from the Phillies? And obviously we don't know if that offer is still on the table. Well, I think the only place he'd take less money to go to is if the Yankees went back in on him, even with their clog in the infield. I'm not sure that the White Sox are his primary option, even with all these acquisitions of family members and friends. A team that just lost 100 games obviously isn't the most attractive to any superstar free agent, but I think they will end up giving him the most money over the longest period of time. So I think it is very possible that he will just take that deal, but I wouldn't bank on him if a higher offer is on the table taking less to but thank uh-huh. you, Luke, for calling in today. Um, yeah. Great to have a good caller in. Uh, feel free for anyone else to call in at 845-277-9345. Now let's head into a network advertisement. Hello, everyone. My name is Eamon, and I'm one of the hosts at Pinstripe Talk. On Tuesday, January 9th at 5 o'clock, we will be covering more of the crazy offseason. Fr- Hello, everyone. My name is Eamon, and I am one of the hosts at Pinstripe Talk. On Wednesday, January 16th at 5 o'clock, we will be covering more of the Yankees' crazy offseason to DJ LeMayhew signing and seeing where he fits in the lineup to talking about the recent allegation problems that New York has been having to also seeing where the infield looks for the upcoming season. All of this will be featured on this week's episode of Pinstripe Talk. Just got done a lot of arbitration deals last week. Many noticeable names getting their contracts worked out. However, the biggest miss by the Phillies was superstar pitcher Aaron Nola, who's just coming off his best season, finished third in Cy Young voting. Aaron wanted $6.75 million, while the Phillies were only offering to go 4.5. So it seems they will go to their first arbitration hearing since Ryan Howard. Now, Isaac, this seems like a weird, not a lot of money offered by the Phillies for their best player. What are your thoughts on this crazy situation? Well, I have a feeling I know why the Phillies didn't offer Aaron Nola this 
six million that he wanted. I believe it's a set up precedent for those headed into arbitration deals. Um, Aaron Noah wanted six million, and if the Phillies gave him six million right away, it would have set the precedent that they would give whatever they needed to right away, first offer. So, yes, Aaron Noah is your superstar, young stud ace pitcher, but you can't just hand out money, even though we are willing to spend stupid money. You can't set the precedent for every superstar, every high-performing player that you'll offer them exactly what they want, their needed salary. You get what I'm saying? I'm going to have to go the other way with you on this one. Either way, 6.75 or 4.5 is underpaying for what Aaron brought to the table last year, 17-6, and 6, 237 ERA, 224 strikeouts, and 212.1 innings. And Aaron is seeing uh, all these deals that are going around to guys like Patrick Corbin. The Phillies brought him in. We're offering him some of that stupid money for a guy who had Tommy John surgery and one great year and is older off than Aaron is. So he's going to go see that and then see that the Phillies aren't willing to give him $6 million. Well, they were willing to go $25 million for Patrick Corbin. It's not a great way to keep your star happy. And he is by far the Phillies' best player. Not being able to come to agreement for such a low difference in relative speaking, it seems like a weird way to handle this whole situation. I agree with the weird aspect because it has been a while, as you said, that the Phillies have had a star that have had to go to an arbitration hearing. But Aaron Noah will command a large contract, and the Phillies will pay it. I guarantee you that. As I said before, I believe it's a set of precedent. And Aaron Noah, at his young age, uh, seems to not overvalue himself, which I think I'm not totally confident that's what will happen when he hits the open market. But like you said, $6 million is not a high price to pay for a third and side award voting type pitcher, especially at his young age. Well, we will head to the hearing uh, probably in about a month or less. I don't see any way that the Phillies win the arbitration hearing. Aaron is coming off his best year. He was the third best pitcher in the National League and was a top five pitcher in all of baseball last season. He had a great year. Was There were times where the Phillies would go through cold stretches. They'd win a game, then lose four, and then win Aaron's next start. For a tough period in September and August, he sort of carried that team through what was an awful finish. And I just don't understand why you, even if it is to set a precedent, as you said, there are very few pitchers that the Phillies will have of Aaron's capability and talent. And if to secure him long-term, once he does hit the open market, and I think it's 2021 or 2022, you want to keep him happy. You want to get these sort of deals. Let him know that he is your guy. You're willing to go all in for whatever he needs. And he will be the guy, the Phillies ace for the next many years to come. So I think that Aaron will get his money. He'll get his due earnings. And this will all work. It's not a great look for Clintac and the Phillies that they're not willing to work this out with their star. I'm starting to agree with you on the sense that he does deserve the money. And as you said, he was our most valuable player by far. Uh, I believe it was a stat. The Phillies won 85% of Noah's games. And he, he went pretty darn long without giving up multiple home runs in a game until the last, his last four starts, he started to falter a bit. 
if you remember, starting with the Cubs game when he let up a home run to Daniel Murphy in the first inning. He started to falter a bit after that, letting up home runs to notable players such as Bryce Harper. Um, so, yes, Aaron Nola was most certainly the most valuable player of the Phillies and truly gave him a tiny glimmer of hope heading down the stretch until the epic letdown of the final three weeks of the season. Well, he definitely did hit that wall as the end of the season approached. A lot of the Phillies players did. It was reported that some people thought they even quit on the team. I don't think that was Aaron's case at all. He was the workhorse for the Phillies all year, 212 innings pitched. And his highest ERA all season was April 16th, when it was at 267. Wrapped up the year at 237. It was down to 209 after that fabulous start against the Washington Nationals. Went eight innings, shut him out, won consecutive pitching duels with the national superstar pitcher, Max Scherzer. So he just proved time and time again that he was the big-time guy. He was able to do whatever it took for the Phillies to be able to win close games, willing to battle it out with anyone, and go deep into games, something we haven't seen for a Phillies pitcher since the days of Roy Halladay. We haven't had an elite superstar pitcher that was willing to go work it out, grind for this team, and team on his back the way Aaron did in this season. Um, agreed. In almost every aspect of pitching, Aaron Nola dominated the stat sheet. Uh, he had over 200 innings pitched, topping at 212. Um, he only gave up less than 150 hits on the season, 56 earned runs, uh, 17 home runs, as I mentioned earlier. There's about four or five that were added on at the very end of the season. Um, 224 strikeouts under one whip. He dominated. He straight up dominated. As you said, he won almost every superstar pitching matchup. He was assigned. Max Scherzer seemed almost unbeatable at times this season as he topped over 300 strikeouts. But Aaron Noah seemed to rise up to the occasion and that's truly what he did for the Phillies. He was the MVP and now we're going to Start into the rumors of the day, Coy. What was the big rumor today? Well, it just came out probably less than or a little more than an hour ago. Bob Nightingale tweeted that the Phillies have, quote-unquote, visions of signing Bryce Harper, starting pitcher Dallas Keuchel, and reliever Craig Kimbrell. Now, the Harper market has been up and down. It's been debated who is the favorite with counteracting reports left and right. But the market for Craig Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel have been very slow. The Phillies have had action with the two. The Phillies reportedly wouldn't go five years for Dallas Keuchel. And the thought inside the industry was that they would end up signing Craig Kimbrell. But now it seems that that could be taking more shape once the deal with Bryce Harper works itself out. So do you think this is a good idea to go in on these three as opposed to the combo of Bryce Harper and the other mega free agent, Manny Machado. Excellent. Excellent. This report truly, truly shows me that the Phillies have a great plan in mind. The possibility of big three free agent signings truly makes Philly a big market, big spending team once again. Penn's elite. You add Keiko, starting pitching rotation is on the back end of the elite. You add Harper to our lineup, lineup's elite. 
every aspect of our game will become elite with these big three. I believe with Tycho around 18 AAV, Harper averaging around about 35 AAV, and Kimbrell at $17 million in AAV, I believe this team can find a way to trade some lower and relievers on our team, such as maybe Hunter, Nishak, or Nicasio, um, for low-end prospects, uh, low out the salary cap, and, and with lower than $200 million, and still away with the big three. Now, if we do get this big three, I will have no complaints. I will think it is a great offseason for the Phillies, and it will drastically improve our team. However, another report came out today saying the Phillies did not plan on signing Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. And if you are swapping out Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell as opposed to Manny, that one I don't get. Dallas Keuchel is basically a left-handed Arietta. We've gone over this before. They're the same pitcher. Arietta didn't have a great season. Now you're just bringing him in from the left side. I'm not sure if that's where you want to spend all your money. It's been seen time and time again with age. Closers start to decrease the last big Closer um, deal the Phillies had with this Jonathan Papelbon. Things didn't work out with him too well. I just don't understand why. Now, again, if we were able to do this, I have no problems with it. I think it's a good plan. I just think as a signing Manny, Manny would be the better option in a more offense-driven league now to load up that lineup with dangerous, dangerous hitters for the next decade. It would be make much more sense to me to strengthen the lineup and then trade for a pitcher. If we did bring in Manny, it was rumored that the Padres are trying to flip Corey Kluber if they could acquire him for a third baseman, trade Michael Franco, Adonis Medina, a couple other prospects out to San Diego, bring in Corey Kluber, try and trade for Madison Bumgarner. I think there are better ways to acquire a good, better starting pitcher than Dallas Keuchel and just be able to work with that bullpen. Craig Kimbrell isn't a necessity. I think lots of good plan. Signing Manny Machado would be the better, smarter move. Personally, I disagree. But I also think that the Phillies' front office would disagree. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Phillies' front office really seems to value the farm system for whatever reason. Um, see the value prospects not be willing to release prospects right away as we saw at the trade deadline and as we weren't willing to go all in on Manny Machado and the Dodgers put out their best package and they clearly beat us on that deal. Um, I think Keiko is the right way to go with starting pitching for now. I do, lot- not think, I do not think it would be wise to sign Machado and Harper to long-term deals because of this reason. It clogs a hole in the, Phil- in the Phillies for future plans. Our big thing, the big point, sticking point, why we can spend stupid money is because we have tons of money coming off the books in the coming years. If we signed Bryce Harper, it obviously would add on to that. But we have the capability to sign another mega free agent contract. And you know who that you know who that player is coming in a few years. Philly's own Mike Trout, and that would be insane. An outfield consisting of Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. My bad. An outfield containing Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. And there was a new tweet that came out from John Heyman about that. We will get into that and more right after this network advertisement. Tune into the Amazing Mets podcast Thursday at 7 p.m. 
it will be our third episode. We will be joined by Mets Rule 5 draft pick Kyle Dowdy and the Mets utility man Ty Kelly. The Kyle Dowdy interview will begin at 7.05 p.m. We will also review the Mets offseason, especially the newest edition of Jed Lowry, and we will predict how the Mets roster will fare in the NL East. The biggest question on our minds is, do they have a roster that has the potential to make the playoffs in 2019? All that and more will be discussed by our hosts. We take calls and answer fans' questions throughout the show. If you are a Mets fan, or even a baseball fan, tune into the Maze and Mets podcast at 7 p.m. Thursday. Don't miss it. All right, we're back at FanCast. Uh, you, you can call in to FanCast to be a caller at 845-277-9345. Uh, Koi, we're about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting, and I see the rotation, and it's not exactly how I pictured it going into the off offseason. Uh, we still have the same rotation that we did entering the off season. So we have Nola, Arietta, Eflin, Velasquez, and Pavetta are in there somewhere. I don't see this being the final rotation on starting day. I I can't see it. I can't see on opening day those five being the headliners. I see one more starter being added. Um Coy, you think this is the final five for the Phillies? Well, I don't think that this will be the end rotation for the Phillies come March 28th. I think it is very likely that Dallas Keuchel does join the team. I think the Phillies will sign him for a 40-year deal around 60 to $70 million. If that is ends up being a good deal, we'll have to see. And so I think one of those players, likely Nick Pavetta or Vince Velasquez, will be moved from the starting rotation, whether it's plugging Velasquez into the bullpen, shipping out Pavetta, get Jared Eichhoff is coming back from an injury. And while I don't think this will be the final rotation, I wouldn't have a huge problem if it was. These are all young guys who, minus Arietta, of course, who will be taking a larger step heading into 2019. Of Zach Eflin, personally, I think he's a great talent. He has a ton of potential. He showed that in a phenomenal June last year. Had an ERA around 170. He has superstar talent to be a great two-piece with Aaron Nola, I think Vince Velasquez still has a ton of potential that he showed when the Phillies first acquired him. We see it in bunches. We saw it a bit last year. I'm not fully in on Nick Pavetta. He seems more like a carry-on guy who's just filling a role. We get a Dallas Keiko. I think he will be the piece that is moved. So I don't think this will be the final rotation. I wouldn't have a huge problem if it was. Um, I think the odd man out is Vince Velasquez. I don't think he has to be moved. I think Vince Velasquez could move to the bullpen. He could have that stretch, couple innings type of guy. You could move Hunter Nishek regarding that moving Velasquez to the bullpen. Um, Pavetta, scouts seem to be very high on Pavetta, as I believe I've said. He has a high strikeout-to-walk ratio, which really entices analytics departments. So I see Pavetta definitely being a lock, sadly, on the Phillies' start, uh, rota- starting rotation. 
Zach Eflin, I think he could be a solid number five starter for the Phillies. I see the Phillies starting rotation on a big day, as he suggested, including Dallas Keuchel as Noah, then Keuchel or Arietta, whatever, whatever Gabe Kapler decides to put Keuchel and Arietta, whatever spots they decide to take up. Then I see Eflin and Pavetta leading the rear. Um, this rotation heading into 2019, it's a pretty good rotation compared to what we thought we had two years ago for the nation. It's looking pretty good, we, especially with superstar prospects, Sixto Sanchez and Adonis Medina rising up the ranks as potential trading chips or even joining the rotation to replace players such as Zach Eflin or Nick Pavetta. I true, truly believe this Phillies rotation is destined for greatness. I think I'm a little bit higher up on Eflin than it sounds like you are. Um, Pavetta, like you said, he does. He's high on scout radar. He had a 6.02 ERA his first year, 4.77 his second, uh, whip over 1.3 both seasons. I'm not hugely in on him. I think that he's a solid piece at the back end of a rotation. I don't think he will be around much longer once those guys like Sixto Sanchez and Adonis Menina um, Cole Irving, who was just on the show last week, start progressing their way up the rotation, up the ranks, and join the team at the major league level. I think trading for someone at the deadline like Madison Bumgarner is very realistic. These are in contention. So while I don't think this will be the rotation come March, I definitely don't think that we will be seeing all these faces come July and August where there will be a couple more changes made, more trades to bring in, another big name to the rotation so the Phillies can finish out the season on top. Um, agreed. Agreed. What scares me off about Velasquez as a starter a bit is his whip. His whip is well over 1-3, one, 1-3-4. Three, one, three, um, he allows 8.5. Um, he allows one home run per nine innings pitched, which can be regarded as good, but I don't see Vince Velasquez making a huge impact as a starter in this league. I was a fan of him when he first came in, when he had high-rated high rated stuff. He has a very fast, very high-velocity fastball. He has a thinker, some off-speed stuff that can be truly enticing to the fans' eyes, but he is very streaky, as you mentioned, and I I see him performing best out of the bullpen. He is a not he is a ten to three strikeout ratio strikeout to walk ratio, which is okay. But that whip as I talked about is truly concerning in my eyes. I definitely think Velasquez is a talent that we should hold on to. And if that is moving him to a versatility role in the bullpen, I'd be completely fine with it. He often has trouble either early on before getting a smooth run in the second half of a game or the opposite. He tries to go too long and begins to struggle as the game progresses facing rotation or a line third time through. And it, it would be better to use his stuff in a one or two inning stretch as opposed to having him as a starter. I do think he will make that move. And I think it will be a good spot for him in the, bullpen as opposed to a starter where he has struggled. It opens up a lot more options for the Phillies, but he's definitely a talent I don't see us moving on from. He is an electric player 
for as struggles as he has. You remember that left-handed play he made last year. Like you said, off-speed stuff that's very enticing to the fan's eye. Um, he brings a good electricity. I like him as a player. Not struggle enough where we should move him, but not great enough where he's a centerpiece to build around. Maybe not the best base runner either, if you remember that play. <laughs> the play that ended the Phillies game in the 10th inning or ninth inning against the Washington Nationals when he was put into pinch run by Gabe Kapler and left too early, tagging up on a sack fly to right field. The game consequently ended. I think that left a sour note in many fans' mouths of Vince Velasquez. Um, maybe we probably, we probably won't be seeing a pitcher pinch run anytime soon in Citizens Bank Park. <laughs> well, if you remember the last, I don't know if it's the last time it happened, but it was a couple of years ago. Cliff Lee at one point ran in a game against the Reds, and he was the tying run, ended up getting picked off by Rodas Chapman. And then Freddie Galvez and Eric Kratz went back-to-back home runs to win a game for the Phillies against the Reds. So it does seem like every time we do put a pitcher in to a pinch run, he definitely is a fish out of water. And I agree with you, as good as an athlete as Velasquez is for a pitcher, I don't see him in that running role. But now let's start heading to a couple mailbag questions we have, and we'll bring on our producer, Benson, to give us the first question. All right, first question is from Rashad. How many years will the Phillies offer Harper and or Machado? Um, I I see the Phillies earlier, as I mentioned, uh, offering Harper 11 years, somewhere in the $370-$375 million range. And as reported, Manny Machado has been offered a seven-year deal by the Chicago White Sox. Um, I see the Phillies Final offer to Manny Machado, since we still seem to be high on him, even though Bryce Harper is in our division. I see our final offer being an eight-year deal somewhere in the $280 million range. So we'll bring in Benson again for our next mailbox question. All right, this question is from Anthony. When could we get Harper? Um, I don't think a deal is as soon as many were hoping. I'm sure there were tons of fans. Like, I was refreshing that Twitter feed to see how the deal was and meeting was going on in Vegas. But from Harper and Boris's point of view, it would be foolish if the Phillies have made an offer yet to not call around, see if any teams are willing to up it, and then go try and get even more money from the Phillies. So I don't think any offer will be happening within a week. Two weeks is reasonable, but I think it's more likely that this will drag out into February, which could be a problem for the rest of the market and what the Phillies will do. We don't want another situation where we bring in a player too late. Their start to the season is delayed like it was for Jake Arrieta last year. But why do you think Bryce Harper will become a Philly? It's all but finalized, and that finish piece won't come for a couple more weeks. Our next question is from Cam. Percent chance for both Machado and Harper? Okay. So the percentage for Harper at this point, I'd say pretty high. It's around the 75 to 80% chance. So let's just say 75 to put on the lower end. Then Machado, I'd say at this point, maybe a 30% chance. So if you put those two together, 
I'd say, especially with the reports coming out, I think it lowers it even more. I'd say there's about a 5% chance the Phillies come out, come away with Manny Machado and Bryce Harper on their opening day roster. As much as it would attract um, Phillies fans' eyes, I believe that only one of these superstars will be on the opening day roster. So, uh, next question. Dylan asks, and this is the last question, why does Boris take so long to decide? Well, it's no secret that Boris is by far the best at what he does in the industry. He is an elite agent, and while it is very irritating to fans, he does what is best for his team, and he does not have R as the public's intentions in his heart. He is trying to get his client, and more specifically, himself, every penny that he thinks he can get, however he might twirl his way around into doing that. He's never willing to tell his hand, great poker face. And so while it does seem annoying to the public eye, to the fan, that he always seems to have these deals that drag out the laying up the market, he is doing what's best for his client and what makes him the elite superstar agent that he is and why he always has these big-name free agents that drag out into March. But now let's head back out to Luke from South Jersey who wanted to call back in to join the show. Uh, What's up, guys? Um, I have another question. Um, This has kind of been on my mind. Um, When do you think the Phillies will offer Bryce Hopper like an official contract? Like like when do you think it's going to happen? I see an offer being made as I said, maybe earlier next week to Manny Machado. So for Bryce Harper's offer, I don't see, oh, an offer. An offer I see hopefully sometime this week. I don't see a deal being made for a couple more weeks. But an offer definitely sometime this week. Uh, another question. Um, since, like, the Phillies, like, John Heyman, who I don't really trust, um, came out today and said that the Phillies not prefer Harper. But Todd Zalecki said yesterday that the Phillies, he thinks the Phillies prefer Harper now. So do you think that, like, now, like, the Phillies are, like, saying to Manny Shaw, well, oh, well, oh, well, buddy, well, we, you know, gave you aggressive offers on the table, but, you know, we we moved on. You know, you took too long. We're focused on Bryce now. You know, we're, you're not really going to be in our future plans. So do you think that the Phillies may have, like, lowered their offer to Machado or maybe just withdrew it? Well, on the note of you saying, you do not trust Lucky has been pushing all offseason that the Phillies preferred Machado. So if he's saying uh-huh. now that Harper is the priori- priority, that definitely is true. I think the Phillies are in a great spot right now where they can leverage the two players against each uh-huh. other to be able to get a little less money off the books from either one of those two guys. I think there's no way with the current market that they miss out on both. And it might come down to if Bryce Harper's asking prices too much and he has an opportunity to go back to Washington, they could take a cheaper deal for Machado. I don't think that's very likely. I think they are about to go all in on Bryce Harper. An offer will be made very soon. And I'm not sure when that will be signed, but it's definitely going to happen. Bryce Harper will be a Philadelphia Philly. Thank you, Luke, for calling in. We had a great no time problem. talking to you today. Thank you, and guys. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you very much. That all about wraps up our show today. Make sure to tune back in next Tuesday and listen to all our podcasts, Baseball Podcast Network. That's all from me today. Uh, take care. Go Phils. Isaac, you have anything to wrap us up? 
All right. Let's hope that this time next week, Harper will be in Philly's pinstripes. Good show. Thank you guys for listening. Hold on. Wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I bought her ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was winning. Jetting on these. I'm like Papa on his finish. Double M. Yeah, that's my team. Rose is catching on new tennis. Fancast is produced by Benson Fector. Fancast is a baseball podcast network production. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Koi at Koi's Dimal. That's Z-D-I-M-A-L. And Isaac at Philly's Focus with a P-H. Be sure to give the Fancast account a follow on Instagram as well at FancastBPM. For more Fancast content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all those social media platforms. Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to FanCast. We'll see you next time.